By speaking with local creators, artists, and business professionals, Papercut aims to cut deep and demystify the Winnipeg creative industry with hometown heroes and hidden gems. Brought to you by the West End Cultural Center, the best place for over 30 years to see live music in Winnipeg. Welcome to Paper Cut Podcast. My name is Jared Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk, and we're here with Malcolm J. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, uh, so my name is Malcolm. I'm a hip-hop artist based in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I've been making hip-hop for about 10, 15 years now, since I was a kid. Um, I'm a producer and a rapper. Um, I do a lot of performing across Winnipeg and across the country and internationally as well. Um, I'm also a teacher, so I teach uh, drop-in centers uh, in the inner city for, uh, for hip-hop workshops. And I'm a board member. I'm on the board for Manitoba Music as well. So I also work in the background too with music. So impressive resume. Your whole life I is do. music. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's like half. I also have a day job too. So I do both. So fantastic. So let's go to the very beginning of the music. 10, 15 years ago, where did your love for uh, for hip hop start? Oh, um, I inherited my dad's old record collection when I was a kid. So I got all that hip hop from like the early 80s to 90s. So. That's kind of what I got into for the most part is my parents listening to it. And uh, I just always loved to freestyle. So when I was like 15 in high school, I just had a cheap headset microphone and I would just freestyle over beats every day after school. And that's kind of how I got started into just making music. So, And were you making those beats? No, I was just downloading beats online. I was 15. Mm-hmm. I didn't start producing until I was in my 20s. Uh, so I was rapping first and then I got into producing. So, so how do you download beats? beats like how where do you find them or who made them or how does that work oh uh free too like actually back then i was just being a kid rapping with my favorite songs so i find instrumentals on my favorite songs and then do that i think a lot of kids do that still which were some of your favorite songs to to rap over oh wow like wu-tang clan and stuff like that so it's really into like really underground hip-hop so nice and out of your like dad's records and stuff, which were like some of the ones that you like wore out. Oh, um, when I first got into making music, I was really into uh, sampling. Uh, when I first started out, oh, so okay. I would always sample like '80s R&B or '70s R&B, so stuff like Atlantic Star or like Aretha Franklin stuff like that, where I found all those soul records or Shaka Khan. Those things were just things I just listened to over and over again. So, so becoming a producer in your 20s how did the process of of acquiring beats because now you were you were downloading songs your favorite instrumentals of songs yeah. that were already licensed how do you go about getting beats uh to use for for songs oh um so my friend actually that I started out with he was a producer as well so uh, we started a group when i was 17 we were called the happy unfortunate so he was a producer and a rapper and i was just rapping over it so i actually learned off of him how to make beats starting off and then uh, going from there, uh, the process, it's, you kind of just study people that you like, like study, you know, Jay Diller, the producer that you really aspire to, look at their process, and then learn from there. And then eventually get the equipment that you need, because it's not cheap sometimes to get the things that you need starting off. So I used to start off just on a cheap, like Adobe Edition laptop uh, program and just... It's like us, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I would just like line up my drums to the grid kind of thing and just start from like that. And then I eventually bought an MPC and different drum machines to actually sequence properly. So as I got the fundamentals down for structuring songs. So can you take us through some of your gear or actually all of your gear that you use now? Oh, yeah. So um, I have a lot of different things that I use, but uh, my main thing is I use the MPC Live, 
or touch actually npc touch so that's one of the more recent npcs where what's an npc oh it's um it stands for music production center but it's one of the classic hip-hop production tools where uh you might see where it has like 16 pads as a touch screen okay and essentially i can uh do full sequences of um songs in there so i can do my drum sequences i can play keyboard record over top of that and everything so and i can cut samples and put them in there as well and export them into full songs so that's my main unit i use for production i have a smaller version too that i bring along for traveling it's called npc studio so if i'm playing overseas or i'm teaching kids i bring my smaller one that can fit in my backpack kind of thing so that's portable i use um reaper for as a daw so it's kind of like pro tools but that's what i use for tracking my vocals and for producing and sequencing everything and then for uh rapping i have similar setup of condenser microphones and everything in a home studio booth that i built so yeah. fantastic you mentioned overseas where have you been able to go we oh you, you were uh, just at breakout west correct yeah i was in breakout west congratulations uh, oh thank you yeah it was really fun being on white horse um i was in the uk earlier this year so i was playing focus Wales. so i was in wales and then i did a show in manchester as well so i was in the uk for a couple weeks and then um last year i did a tour in the netherlands so i played um in Rotterdam and Amsterdam and a few other shows out there. So Unreal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So going from Winnipeg, how how does your sound translate over there? Like what are the crowds like? Oh, you know what? I always say that music's a universal language. Sometimes people get so caught up of, Oh, I'm okay in Winnipeg, but will people like me somewhere else? And it doesn't matter if I'm playing in Canada or Toronto or overseas. If your music resonates with people and you can make a connection, I think it's just as effective and out there actually in Europe they People just go out to check on new music, so it's they're really receptive to fresh sound or new sound. So I I loved it. So it was a good reception out there. So. What is your sound? Um, I would say so I make hip hop, but that's a really generic term. So um, it's pretty laid back, introspective lyrics. I try to be really honest with uh, my production, the stuff I talk about, and I just try to make a connection with my audience whenever I'm who I'm talking to. So so. What does being a producer mean? Oh, um... Like, what are all, like, producers, sort of, if you're looking at, like, a job description, you have producer, but then can do this, can do that. Like, what are all of the things that a producer does? Yeah, that's a interesting question, because everyone calls himself a producer nowadays. <laughs> everyone can, so, yeah. in my mind, there's two different things between, like, a beat maker, which a lot of people are today, where they just make beats on their own, and being a producer is to, um see the full vision for a song and to take if i'm producing for another artist i'm not going to be like here's a beat can you do something to it that's what a beat maker would do i would try to find their song and try to produce something that complements the song that they're writing kind of thing so it's looking at the whole holistic picture and trying to put it all together so it sounds well for a whole song kind of thing so from start to finish versus there's hundreds and thousands of beat makers online they just have websites and they're like buy my beat you know that to me that's not a producer that's more of a a beat maker. Mm -hmm. so. so how much does a beat cost? Like when you say like people online say oh. buy my beat. Like I have no idea. Oh, yeah. uh... You want to do prices right? <laughs> do you want to guess how much a beat costs? Yeah, do yes, you please, know please. first mm. before we guess? Okay. Like, oh, like an average. Okay. Um, I'd say see well like okay. There's people who just like there's like amateur like rappers that just need a beat right? Yeah. But then there's like High I think if you want to buy one online, it's like 150 bucks. I'm going to go, because you said there's so many people, it's probably going to be very competitive. 
maybe 75. Yeah, so it's actually uh, both kind of right. So there's a different yes. market to it. So um, you're right, it's very competitive. So there's two different ways you can look at it. There's uh, people that do exclusive beats or leasing of beats. So some producers will look at mm. the high volume, lower price kind of idea where they know there's hundreds of thousands of rappers and kids out there with no money. So they'll sell their beats for like 10, 20 bucks a lease, mm -hmm. but it's not exclusive to that artist. So a lot of times you hear the same kid, kids rapping with the exact same oh, beats, okay. but this producer will mm -hmm. just lease it a hundred times and he'll make it more money that way because it's not exclusive to someone. Or you can find a producer based on how well known they are. They might sell an exclusive beat to you for $200 and it's just yours or more money depending on how big the producer is. So there's two kind of different business models. It's kind of like high volume lower price or like higher price but exclusive so right depends on what the producer's goal is kind of thing so then how does that so if this song for example you buy one of these beats for like 20 bucks yeah and then this song takes off in whatever direction and then there's a bunch of people that have that same beat like how it do gets, you get uh, around it exactly. gets it also gets there's stipulations the new lease agreement that it's once you hit like a certain number of plays or something then you have to renegotiate like the terms of that agreement kind of thing so it gets like interesting so it's like you can lease it up to like ten thousand streams or something and after that you have to you know either pay more or start paying royalties or something different so whoa so it's like yeah. there's a lot of things it gets complicated that's so well, interesting and i yeah. would have never guessed i would have never thought no no it. yeah no but uh, it would make sense like you would lease a beat like yeah of course I w if I was making a beat, I'd want to lease it because, you, like you said, you can then renegotiate if it, the song blows up. But yeah. the yeah. tricky part is that now you have like um, a bunch of people and there's no filter on like talent level rapping over your songs. True. So sometimes it might diminish your brand if like, oh, this guy's rapping over this guy's beat is so terrible. Mm, you know, yeah. so sometimes they don't even let you reference the producer's name if, if they're just throwing it. So it's everyone has well, a different angle. Right? So. Yeah. It's like quality over quantity kind of thing. So. Interesting. I have That's so wild. I have a song about your music, and so you produce your. You have own a music. song about his music or a question? About <laughs> a question. His music? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> He's like, we the, have a song for you. Can I we got pitch songs it? on the brain? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you produce your own music? Yeah, about ninety percent of everything I do, I produce. Yeah. So, do you have a surplus of ideas in terms of of a beat or a sound that you're going for, or do you have a surplus of lyrics that you try and pull out and then find sounds for? Wow, it's actually, uh, that's the thing with me, it's a bit of both, so I typically will produce and write a song the same night, or it's kind of whatever mood I'm in, the beat might inspire me to write something, or I'm in a certain mood and I make a beat that fits that. So it's never where I make like a ton of beats and I'm like, oh, I'll rap these later. It's typically if I'm really inspired, this I'm feeling a certain way, then I'm going to try to create that whole idea at one time. And I do have a surplus of beats hanging out that I might send to other artists that I think might work because I'm always experimenting, trying different sounds, and it may not be the sound I want to, you know, perform over, but I know it might fit someone else's sound, so I keep an eye out for that, but I'm not actively, like, making a ton of beats and selling the stuff I don't want. That's not really my angle, so. Right. Is, is that how you find collaborations, to just reach out to an artist and say, hey, I have this beat, I think it would fit your sound? Oh, definitely, yeah. That's one way to do it. Um, and this, uh, I talked about I work at a youth center, too, so a lot of times, uh, all the beats I make, I might just let the kids rap over it if they like it. That I'm working with so nice yeah I uh I want to know how your brain works in terms of <laughs> <laughs> welcome to all. the show yeah. yeah um in terms of like if I could 
like rhyme or freestyle or whatever, I probably wouldn't be able to stop. Like, can you turn your brain on and off for like that? Or are you always thinking in like um, rhythm and rhyme and all that? In terms of like um, just in my daily life? Yeah. <coughs> um, like just walking down the street. I find like when I'm walking down the street, I just like have music in my head, but I don't make music, right? But oh. you, if you're making beats and like yeah, rapping, it's, it's um, just... I'm always tapping on things trying to find rhythms or I'm always mumbling different uh, rhyme patterns in my head to things that I like. My girlfriend will tell you that I'm always just like mumbling random things in the shower or like I make everything into a song. Like she finds that so annoying. Yeah. Is that like if I'm bored and we're talking, I'll just like turn what we're talking to into a rap. Or if we're driving, I'll just freestyle about what's going on around the street kind of thing. So when it comes to freestyling, it's always just kind of like a stream of conscience, what you're going through at the moment or what you're looking at in the room. So yeah, that's kind of, I do that a lot. Yeah. But it's not, I can turn it off when I have to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But like... my mind does go there. Yeah. Now that you mention it. So interesting so is it something that you need to consistently make sure you're practicing or is it something that you've put in enough work over the, over you know 10 15 years that yeah uh, you could turn it off for a month if you needed to oh yeah i can turn it off i mean i always practice makes perfect so it's always good to practice but i've put in those like ten thousand hours that people talk about of doing your craft so i won't lose it if i don't do it for a month or something like that but it's always good to do it if you enjoy it if you want to stay sharp and in my phone, I'm always writing down random lyrics or having random ideas. So I always tell artists starting off, um, a lot of people wait for like inspiration to happen and then they don't do anything until that inspiration hits. So they always wait till like I'm in the studio or something, but you can be creative every day. It doesn't have to be like amazing. You can just write down one line. It's just like creative writing. You can just do like a brain dump every day or whatever. And that's still practice, you know, so... And then you, once you're ready and really inspired, you have a bunch of material that you've been dumping out for weeks and weeks that you can go back to and actually refine. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so when you're writing, um, writing a song lyrically, are there ever things that like, oh, I wish this would go in this song, but it's just not going to fit, or like I got to take this whole like verse out and like put it somewhere else? Like, do you ever? break apart songs that you write and like split them into oh, separate songs definitely yeah it's um i've gone away from like just writing a piece of paper and i have just huge like word documents full of stuff that i write um but yeah i'm piecing together things to make sure it's cohesive kind of thing i always think of writing as uh, when i teach kids about writing it's like think about writing like a paragraph or an essay you know your introduction is going to be what you're going to talk about and everything after that has to support that idea so if I end up going on tangents and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and I'm like, this sounds cool, but it doesn't really fit with the overall idea of the song, then I won't put it in and I might save it for another song, you know? But I'm always just, um, when I write, it's not like a consistent line one, line two, line three, line four. At first, I just jot down like words that I like or ideas that I like, and then I restructure it together to fit into actual an actual structured song. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting how you like explain it like a like an essay or a paragraph. Like that's so that's such a um like a beautiful way of thinking about like okay, we need to get people through this and like the way that it all needs to be laid out. That's really great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's and that's when I, if you're trying to convey an idea to someone, if you're doing storytelling as your story as well, just make sure that's honest to what your story is and that also works as well. So as long as you're on topic and then with writing, see, a lot of times with rap, I'm always finding, like, the rhyme pattern first in my head before I even think about uh, 
rhymes because a lot of times people get stuck on like oh i have to get the perfect rhyme at the end of every bar or whatever and that's very limiting if you think about just rhyming for writing kind of thing so a lot of times i just find out the right rhyme patterns because you don't want to be da 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 all the time you think it in your head kind of think first when you listen to a beat and then you can fit those syllables in to whatever you wrote kind of thing yeah so. interesting so how long have you been doing the youth programs uh, I started beginning of 2018, kind of thing. Oh, so, so actually, fresh. Pretty fresh, yeah. So I had this one idea when I went to the Netherlands to meet people. I was like, maybe I'll go over there and go to their hip-hop centers and try to see what they're doing and teach a couple workshops uh, just to meet people out there. And I really enjoyed it. And I'm like, I should do that back home. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did a workshop at Studio 393 after I got back to try it out. And that mm-hmm. was really cool. And then I got... Then um, a youth center, a drop-in center in the North End reached out to me like shortly after, like, hey, would you like to come in once a week and start teaching? And I got into it that way, and then I started working with other organizations after that. So, yeah. Fantastic. So at, um, at the drop-in center, can you describe what kind of activities are being put together? Like yeah, this doing? is actually uh, it's, uh, in the North End, so it's actually for at-risk youth that just need a safe space. So a lot of times they're going through crisis or they're trying to get support kind of thing, so they do have activities for outings, but really it's a safe space. But we've put together just a recording little studio kind of thing inside there. I have a computer, a little microphone set up, and my music production equipment. And it's just um, kids that want to come in, they can, if they have a song, they want to write a song, I'll help them make a, produce a whole song for them kind of thing. And it's just, or if they just want to freestyle or whatever, hang out or learn how to make beats, kind of whatever they want to do in the music realm, I can try to help them out with, so... Yeah. That's awesome. yeah, I so I went to three nine three actually on Friday because I finished work and then my friend couldn't hang out till seven and five to seven Osani at yep. Studio three nine three was doing a beat workshop so I went to that. I had no idea how many layers of like sounds are in like a thing. Like he taught us, he's like, okay, here's like a hi hat and a snare and a bass and yep. we're like doing like three instrument things and he's like okay here's one of my beats and it's just like rows and rows and rows of sounds <laughs> like i had no there's, idea um, so like how many layers are in your music like when you're um <clears throat> my sound engineer hates me like when i send <laughs> in my songs i have probably a hundred tracks or more kind of thing really my vocals included kind of thing so 100 wow yeah, yeah, yeah 50 maybe the average is like 50 but there's times i've done like yeah, let's say I have like two or three verses. You have the lead vocals, and I'll have all my five levels of backups too. And then I'll put my courses on different levels, and then my beats. I've private beats. You don't have to go to. It depends on what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. but you could have like twenty to thirty tracks oh as my well. Gosh. So, so you had mentioned earlier when you when you record <laughs> something, unreal. you try and put it down in one night. Yeah. How much? How many tracks are in that first? Oh yeah, draft. so probably yeah. The first night it's just the skeleton. So you know when Osani saw we have your kick, snare, hi hat, your bass, uh, your lead melody, and your chorus. You might just get that down. That just might be ten tracks, kind of thing that you get the skeleton down, and I might just record a rough version of my verse that I have down, mm-hmm. and then I'll go back and refine it after. You know, it doesn't. You can't finish a song in perfect in one night. Once yeah. you get the idea down in a night, then you refine it as time goes on. So how long do you spend per song then? Wow. Before uh, you hand it off to somebody to... Well, I guess maybe do you hand it off? You said a sound engineer, yeah, right? Yeah, so I used to do my own mixing and mastering before. Uh, a couple, Three years ago, I used to do that. Yeah. And uh, I would drive myself crazy with my music because if you listen to the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. like from the recording process to mixing to mastering, nothing really... You can't tell the difference after you tweak things. 
you just you need another person's ear to help you out so i decided to outsource that activity to someone i met and it's been really good so probably um each song is different i mean i might i could make a beat in a song in an hour sometimes uh and send it out but sometimes it might take me you know 10 hours or 20 depends on how meticulous or perfectionist i am that day Mm -hmm. so but there's been times where i've spent an entire night like like a 10 hour night just working on one song because i get that obsessed sometimes Mm -hmm. so but it's tough to keep a regular healthy schedule doing that on a regular basis Yeah. yeah 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 So then as a producer, do you do that mixing and mastering for other artists? Like, are you that other ear? uh, No, I don't. No? You just hand it off? Yeah, I send it over to my sound guy to do it. I mean, oh, actually, that's a lie. I have one artist that records at my place, and I do try to do it for him just because it's cheaper if Mm -hmm. I help him out. But I don't actively say I'm going to go do this for people because it's a lot of work. So yeah. yeah, yeah, no, don't. And how often do like collaborations happen, or like? That's my question. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, working with other artists or helping other artists out or like handing beats off. Uh, I do it pretty frequently. Uh, for my latest music, I've been um, kind of just producing and recording everything myself. But I also do collaborations. Like I did a song with a band called Lounge FM a few weeks ago. I just put out. And they're a full band kind of thing, more jazzy, actually like bad, bad, not good kind of sound. Yeah. yeah. And um, I just wanted to, I met them doing a show at Handsome Daughter a few months, like last year, I think. And we just clicked and did a song together. I did a song with the band called The Medians. Um, yeah. I'd done a few gigs with them. And then uh, Courtney sent me a song and I like rapped over it and we have it in the works. So I like to collaborate with people from different genres actually sometimes because it's more refreshing i for the longest time i would just stick to working with other rappers i've done that a million times i kind of want to try branching out and working with um different genres when i work so so working with different genres and seeing i guess other people's different musical progressions and how they work and you know different instruments what are some of the key things that you take away from those experiences uh i just respect like people's work ethic sometimes and uh when i did this song with lounge fm we had like we did the demo like almost a year ago it was a rough version and the amount of perfectionism that they put into like all the different layers and that you almost have so much freedom to do more things when you have um like a whole band you're like hey can you just do another breakdown here and then the guy on keith will know what to do and stuff so it's a little bit more freeing i'm always on a computer trying to do these things that real people could do in a whole band so it was really refreshing to see like you kind of have more freedom to change more things on the spot with um, a full band or do different. Yeah. Tough to explain. But yeah. Well, yeah. what I'm kind of gathering from it is that these people are like um, perfectionists and also like master of their instrument. But as a beat maker, you have to be a master of essentially all instruments. Yeah. And so I'm, then who's who can create this piano line better? A, exactly, pianist, a pianist or me, exactly. a beat maker, mm-hmm. right? So uh, that's the thing, too, like on my beats, um, like my latest project I'm working on, my brother, because I play with a band, too, when I perform, and um, he plays guitar, so I'll, I'll, I can't play guitar, I'll get him to play guitar over top of something I'm producing, or add layers, kind of thing, or if I want live percussion, I'll get my live percussionist to add layers to the beat that I've been making, so I may make the skeleton of the beat, like the drum sequencing, but then if I want more layers, I can bring in additional instrumentation to add more depth to it, kind of thing, so... 
Very interesting. Yeah, it's like my mind's just going a million miles an hour now trying to like imagine, yeah. But that's like kind of the producer standpoint, right? Where you're not just, okay, I pierce the song, but I can add, I can bring in more people to add to the song or beat maker or just be like, hey, I made this beat. Do you want to use it? Kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. It's just like the next step of, yeah. Like that's the progression of it. Yeah, like the ultimate, ultimate producer to me is like Quincy Jones. If, and then, but he, did all the writing and orchestration for everything, but he didn't play everything. He brought in people that would fit all those songs that he wanted to make. So it's kind of having the vision for what the song is going to be and then bringing in people to make it a reality as well. Yeah, and having the, like, the personality ability to be able to, like, get people in on your project and sell people on, like, what you're doing and stuff and being, like, genuine and interesting enough that people actually like want to be part of your project too right mm-hmm. yeah and um even if you're working with another artist is also guiding them to get the most out of the performance on the song as well so uh sometimes uh singers don't like to get feedback from other people but it's good to uh, help them do the right thing on the song so to push right. them yeah not a lot of acts well i shouldn't say that but to have a full band in in hip-hop it's something that doesn't happen as often. Was there any particular inspiration or an act that turned you um, on to doing that? You know, when I see like bigger acts, they would still have like the produced music, but then they'll have a live version that's a little bit different. I really over t- like I rapped over beats for the longest time with a DJ, and I just got bored to be honest. Like, because you can't really do more than what the beat's doing on stage, right? You can yell and jump as much as you want, but the beat's not going to change. So for me, just adding a guitarist and drummer kind of thing adds more of a live element to it. And then I found, too, it allows more crossover for genres where I could play a show with a rock band. And even though I'm a rapper, I could still have crossover with people with because they're like, hey, that's a that's still live music. You know, I wasn't expecting that from a rapper. Versus if I was just, you know, standing there rapping over beat after someone uh, performed with a full band, it might be a weird transition. So I just found it helped for crossover. So um but for inspiration i mean the roots were a great hip-hop um band that did it um locally like super duty tough work was really cool i did dilla day when it first happened in 2015 i was like wow this is way more fun rapping with the band mm-hmm. um but yeah it's been something i've always liked to do so so talking about that the transition from like the maybe rigidity of having a beat that you're is consistent and um reliable is your can you well i guess you can trust your band in a sense too but human error is like a thing have is did you ever get thrown off by your band ever or like the transition from this is what it's going to be and i know exactly what it's going to be like the predictability to the unpredictability of human error potentially um so when i perform it's actually hybrid so i still have uh live versions of my produce songs that i tweak and then i'll have them play over top of that kind of thing so i still have the original because they can't replicate every sound that I've produced kind of thing, so I still have that there. But, yeah, there's been times where um, if one of my guys plays off, it throws me off, but it's not the end of the world. So I actually I find beauty like in the imperfection of things and mistakes, so it doesn't really bother me sometimes with a, if something goes off. So, And I've spent so many years just like improvising and freestyling. That's no problem for me. If my, so I'm actually, I've had, I had an Aces for the longest time. Um but it's crashing me twice during performances. So I was actually in uh, Manchester and it just blue screened on me or whatever. And, oh, uh, the blue screen of yeah, death, it's in the called. Middle of a, yeah, yeah, in the middle of the performance, the driver was not 
working properly. Yeah, he forgot you uh, pushed those, like, I'll update my windows. Like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. did that. <laughs> Too many times. <laughs> and I'm just like, um, okay. And then I was, but I was fine. Just, you know, let's just keep playing. Cause you have a band, right? So I'm like, just keep playing. And we'll just keep, I'll just keep rapping, you know, until the computer restarts and hopefully boots back up. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it, but I, but it's actually good to be able to improvise and uh, just have fun with it too. So, and not being, because if that was a, if all I had was the beats and no bad, I'd just be standing there like freestyling a cappella for like <laughs> until the beat came 45 up. minutes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so now are you on a Mac? I just ordered a Mac on Friday. Oh, wow. Um, it's coming on Tuesday. And <laughs> I'm becoming one of the, I was an avid PC user for the longest time, but just for live performances, I need something reliable. Because right. I'm finding Windows 10 just crashes a lot every yeah. time I update it. So I'm just like, I can't. Yeah, not reliable. Yeah. Yeah, you can only hit push updates and yeah, yeah. <laughs> even before breakout west for my second showcase it did a blue screen like two minutes before my performance and then i was luckily restarted just in time i was ready to pull up my phone and get some aux cables going because i was like what am i going to do with this right before my set so that's that, cool that you had a plan b you're already, yeah. already pulling out your phone like, you're ready for this and that's a sign that you need to upgrade like if yeah. you're using your phone as your backup you yeah know, like, it's time yeah. to yeah. let go and uh yeah so. Yeah, no diss on Asus, but Windows, yeah, come on, get it together. Yeah, it's <laughs> been a, yeah, I've been a PC user for forever and loved it, but I'm beginning to go to the dark side and switch. So, but all your, the programs that you're using will be the same, essentially, or is yeah, there like... It's all, yeah, it's all the same programs, yeah. Just the operating system that's going to save you. Yeah, something <laughs> even more stable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hopefully, knock on wood. Yeah. So, now that you're back from Breakout West, do you have anything big for the rest of 2019? Yeah, my uh, release party I have at the end of November at the Goodwill. Nice. Um, so November 29th, I have Osani actually opening up to perform. What a small world. Yeah. We had Osani <laughs> yeah. on here too. Yeah. Uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a really cool, really cool kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like the work that he's doing at Studio 393. And uh seen him grown as an artist from when he first started to doing what he's doing now. And he has a band now too, which is really cool. So, oh yeah sorry we didn't want to steal the spotlight from you you were you were talking about uh you oh. have an album coming out yeah, yeah so um so i released the ep earlier this year called restless i didn't ever have a party for it so i'm like okay i want to add a few more songs make a deluxe version of it and actually have a full release party for it uh end of this year it's also my uh birthday so i'm going to do a double birthday and release party so night is your yeah. birthday on the same night same night yeah whoa the night was just i asked uh, i was emailed up goodwill I'm like oh what nights do you have open at the end of the year and my birthday was open i'm like yeah, why not? It's yeah. just nice. Yeah, so get people in the door. You'd be like, okay, you can, but you can come to one or the other. But if you come to both, yeah, you know, like you <laughs> can get the people in the door. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you have to. Uh, so that's exciting. You have probably. Well, I can ask you how many. How many songs have you written? Do you think? Over like my entire. <laughs> yeah, hit Ooh. us with it. It's probably like a thousand or more. Like. Because right. if I think about even just high school Malcolm rapping, I had like 200 freestyles online somewhere that you'll never find. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, if and then when I was really, really inspired with music when I was in my early 20s, like I was making a couple songs a week, you know, so it or even more than that. So, yeah, but nowadays I'm not doing that much because I have other things I'm doing now. But um, yeah, I'm still probably a thousand right yeah and so all the songs that are going to be on your album they're all new ones uh no so it's, i've uh so i released an ep earlier oh, sorry, this year, yeah. so i'm adding i think four songs to it so 
And those are all those recent? All yeah. yeah. Interesting. And do you ever go back and listen to some of that stuff or like remember some of those like old lyrics and themes oh, and like bring yeah. them back? Yeah, you know, honestly, it's um, with my music, I've always tried to be honest about what's going on in my life at that point in time. So even though like the project I put on 2017, I don't feel that way as strong as I did back then. It's still a part of me that I get reminded of every time I listen to it kind of thing. And it was still true to who I was back then. I may be different now in 2019 and 2020 I might be somebody different, but when I go back to all my old music that I put out, I can still relate to it because I'm like, hey, that's how I felt when I was 20 or 25 or 29, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's really interesting to think about you can, like, having those things recorded and being able to, like, go back into go back to who you were at that moment. It's sort of like a snapshot or like a, a snapshot. diary. Or, yeah. yeah. So you probably have, like, a pretty... Do you have, like, a... Do you think a better grasp of, like, who you were and who you are? And do you sometimes, like listen to something and be like oh yeah i remember that thing that happened to me or this way that i was feeling like definitely yeah i mean i'm, I'm jealous that i don't have that you know i should have uh... so like photos and photo exactly yeah, photo it's like a... yeah, photos yeah i always describe my music as like here's a cross-section of my brain at, at this point in time because i typically make projects in a condensed period like three four months so put something together so that's really who i am at that point in time i don't i'm not the kind of artist that spends like two years making a project because I could change a lot in two years, and I may hate the songs I made at the beginning of it. So, um, yeah, I typically make pop music in a like a sprint kind of all together, so it's cohesive. But it's really who I am at that point in time. So, yeah, I can go back to stuff I made at 2012 when I was in my early 20s and be like, hey, like this is how I felt back then. So, so with that in mind, the the four songs that you put into the uh, to the deluxe edition, yeah. Are they songs that came from that specific time period, or are they just kind of fit with the theme of what that uh, was They actually they fit with the theme kind of thing. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's still within... Everything was written within a year okay. or so, so it's still not... It's still kind of how I'm feeling right now, so... Nice. Yeah. Fantastic. Are you... After the show, are you going to be doing any kind of touring, or are you taking it on the road? Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, that's the... Always the next thing I'm trying to figure out, so... Um, I had a... Trying to balance my daily life like my work life plus performing now i'm getting to teaching and being in other organizations so i'm like trying to take a balanced approach for 2020 so i don't burn myself out a little mm-hmm. bit so because i found even with all the traveling i was doing this year plus everything else it was getting to be a bit much so i do want to travel but i'm trying to be like smart about it so yeah fantastic okay. awesome this well thank amazing. you so much malcolm for coming by we really appreciate everything and we learned a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah, that was very dense. Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge with yeah, us. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate that. Right. And thank, thank you, you for, for cutting deep, deep with us on Paper Cut Podcast. Podcast. Thanks. Thanks.